There's a spiritual war that's going on for our communities. It's a war between the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. And God wants to equip us to be His occupying force in our communities. Join in today to learn more. Once again, we welcome you to our podcast, Occupying Force, with your hosts, Richard and Kimberly Wilson. Once again, we want you to know that we really appreciate you being part of this with us. Encourage you to go to our website, watchmenarise.com, and see what's going on there and how we can connect together. Today, we're going to continue with the dialogue that we've been having from Mark chapter 16, and especially verse 17. We've talked about casting demons out of your city and what that would look like. We've given give you some prayer points that, you know, helps partner with God in seeing that take place. Today, we're going to have some fun with this particular part where he says, they will speak with new tongues. Most of the time when you hear that mentioned, it'll immediately take you to Acts chapter 2. And so we want to go there for a minute and look at it. And um, you're familiar with it. It says, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. And then it goes on to say, now there were Jews living in Jerusalem, devout men from every nation under heaven. You think God had something in mind that had to do with nations? It says, and when they heard this sound, the crowd came together and were bewildered because each one of them was hearing them speak in his own language, their own dialect, their own culture. In other words, this just wasn't about what we understand as speaking in tongues, and we believe in speaking in tongues. It is a heavenly language, and I believe in this time God's leading us into a whole new revelation where it becomes even more powerful. But when we look at it from the standpoint of what in the world would it had to do with city transformation, that's what we're going to have fun with today. And so it says, they were amazed and astonished in saying, why are not all these who speaking Galileans? And how is it that we each hear them in our own language to which we were born? So we see this supernatural thing taking place where these people are speaking in a language that they're not accustomed to. It's not from their own culture, so to speak. But all of a sudden, God does something, releases this language through them so that other people can understand it. And when they understand it, then it does something to their heart. It opens them up to something. Talk about culture changing. Yes. <laughs> so are you ready to speak God's language? that language that has the power to transform culture, that language will need to be based on a kingdom worldview. And it's about how the worldview speaks into every sphere of culture. What happens is a lot of times we go out and we, we have a problem in how we understand this process. There's a lack of connection with kingdom worldview outside of the four walls of the church. Or, you know, there might be issues where there's not any schools that are teaching worldview, such as homeschooling private or public places or teaching kingdom worldview. We want to know where those places are. Are we teaching immigrants kingdom worldview in American history or your nation's history when they come into our nations? So our good friend Mark Belows, he says this way, he says, One way the body of Christ 
should measure her success is to the degree to which it speaks in new tongues, not just in one's prayer closet or church gatherings, but in the culture. So we're talking about learning a language that when we go out there is going to open up doors, not shut doors. It's going to build bridges, not blow up bridges. It's not going to be religious. It's going to be life-giving. It's going to be in such a way that the people that hear it want to hear more of it, not run from it. And so as we move through this today, so when Jesus spoke to the disciples about this sign of speaking in tongues, he instructed to them that this sign should be evident in their ministry as they spoke a new language of liberty among the nations. So these tongues we're talking about are literally a language of liberty, and we'll move forward in that. No, I remember the day I was liberated. I'm in church and all of a sudden God captured my heart. My eyes were awakened to his kingdom and I started singing these songs in church. And I, I remember singing, anointing fall on me. And I'd sing this song and let the power of the Holy Ghost follow me. I didn't know what I was singing. I had no idea what these words meant, but I knew that there was something that was different about them than the culture that I had been living in. I had to learn a new language when I came into the Spirit-filled life in Jesus. And so, I mean, even with that terminology, if, if the world doesn't have a clue what we're saying, then how does it make a connection? And, and this is not new to you. Those of you that are listening, we're talking about, well, we, we don't want to talk Christian ease, so to speak. But we're talking about now going up to another whole level, a supernatural level of being able to hear what it is that God's saying that will then be a language that will cause people to want to know more. Christians are used by God as effective communicators of a message quite different from the world's expression of culture. And so we believe this new language is given to the body of Christ so that nations can be liberated, so that nations can find themselves walking into that place of liberty. So when God's truths are declared by the body of Christ into the culture, people are united to do good and the forces of evil at work in the marketplace of ideas are defeated. You know, we see that how America was formed when they came together and they began to use God's language in forming the Constitution. It developed a an understanding that didn't allow demonic forces to come in and be part of the government. Now, that shifted over the generations because of our interpretations of words and a, a corrupt language structure has come in and caused bad interpretation to exist. If you, if you see that from a biblical standpoint, then the words that come from God are eternal words. The words that come from God carry authority and power. The words that come from God will be words that are, are not evil, but they are good, and they are for the bringing about of his great love for people. So you got to understand that. We're not just talking about a natural uh, skills and language. 
what we're talking about is a supernatural ability to hear what God's saying, carrying the substance of his heart for what he's saying, that then when those things are released at the right moment in time, it will bring about the same effects that happened in Acts chapter 2. Because those people from all those different nations were absolutely struck by it, and what they were hearing was about the mighty works of God. And it wasn't just, again, just words. It was what the words were carrying. And then those people were drawn to it. And they were drawn to it in such a way that they wanted interpretation for what was being said. And of course, Peter gave that to them. And what happens? Thousands of people come to Christ that day. Isn't that awesome? So it was definitely a language of liberty. You know, liberty or freedom, it's defined as a quality or state of being free. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed, right? Luke 4.18, it says this, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are downtrodden, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. I mean, there's key words here because we are talking about language. Yes. We are talking about speech. We're talking about, hey, he says proclaim. That's something that comes out of your mouth. And so again, in this, and when we looked at this verse, we could see, okay, then with this new language, this new tongue that's going to have an effect upon culture, then what it's going to carry is the power to release the captives. It's going to carry the power to open the eyes of the blind. It's going to carry an anointing then that's going to have something to do with setting free those that are downtrodden. And when we see those things, those are the evidences of new tongues being released into a community. I love what it says in John 8:32, and you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. Or 2 Corinthians 3.17, Now the Lord is a spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So one of the things in this, when we're talking about a language of liberty, is it's going to cause the message to be plain. It's going to make it simple. It's not going to be complicated. It's going to be clear. Making the kingdom worldview message plain in a language that anyone can appreciate transforms nations. Now think about that for a minute. In other words, when you lay it out, when this language is laid out, then when people see it and what they can see that brings, which will be for the good of all people, they're going to say, oh, wait a minute, I've been thinking wrongly because it'll bring forth ideas and solutions that they haven't thought about before. So sometimes when it comes to that, which what we call Christianity or biblical worldview, they immediately cut us off chapter and verse. They immediately, it's like it just slams a door. But when you can speak a language that carries then the substance of God and draws out a plan that people can recognize, well, wait a minute, things are going to be better because of this. Things are going to open doors for whatever it is that they're looking for. Then they're going to say, okay, I want to hear more. So true. So true. You know, 
it's one thing for us to capture the language of liberty and be able to release it, but we need to be able to also teach the following generations how to do that as well. And so let's talk about next generation education and whose responsibility that is. You know, ultimately, it's the parents' responsibility to train their children in the way that they should go. And with that, we are to teach them how to speak the gospel, how to understand what God's principles are, and how to release that moral ethic and those words of life into the communities that they live in. So one thing in this time that we're living in, it needs to be very clear. Nowhere in Scripture does it say civil government or anybody else has responsibility for your children. It is you. It is a God-given stewardship, a mandate for us as parents that children are a gift to us. And if they're a gift to us, then we need to be willing to make whatever changes need to be made so that we can give them what it is that they need. Again, it's easy for us to talk about the failures. It's easy for us to recognize we haven't done a good job, but we're in a brand new place. God's up to something big, and so we've got to be willing to say, okay, God, whatever I don't know about biblical worldview, I'm, I'm ready to learn. I'm ready to make it part of my life. Another way of educating the next generation is through various options. And one of those is through homeschooling, through Christian schools. Uh, let's talk about public schools for a moment. If the Bible teaches that it's the responsibility of parents and not of government to train children, then should Christians give any support to the idea of government-supported public schools? It's a very loaded question and can be quite controversial with some people. The public school's role is to help parents fulfill their task of training their children. They are not supposed to be the sole educators. So when you hear that statement, it's important. So as parents then, yes, we can determine this is a safe place for our children to be, and they're going to then teach the children what it is that we know from the scriptures that they're going to be taught. If they're going to be taught anything that is opposite of the scriptures, we've got to be willing to pull them out and then come up with another plan. Now, I recognize when we say homeschooling, lots of times parents can say, I can't do that. Another thing with homeschooling is what we say, homeschooling co-ops. There's homeschooling co-ops everywhere where you become a working voluntary force with each other to help with, with our children together. It becomes iron sharpening iron. So don't say you just can't do it. Look for ways that God can help open up to accomplish what it is that God wants to accomplish. Hey, I'm gonna read a quote out of a book by Os Guinness. It's called A Free People's Suicide. We'll have a link for it in our show notes if you go to Occupying Force on cpnshows.com and you can get a link to order that book or order it off Amazon. But here's what Oz said. He said, America's sustainable freedom depends on an ongoing double transmission of American ideals from generation to generation. One essential handover has to take place between the older generation and the younger generation through public education. The other essential handover has to take place between those who have been in America longer, for few Americans are true natives, and those who are new arrivals as part of the process of immigration and integration. So that brings us to our third point that we want to talk 
about in speaking new tongues and that has to do with citizen education and with this as Asad mentioned in his quote there's been a breakdown in the transmission of American values and we need to be aware that there's culture wars that are going on and really culture wars are America's second freedom war it's a struggle for the soul of our nation and it's deep and it's important and this clash it's between two rival understandings of freedom one side the views are traditional they're grounded in jewish and christian views and they're locked in battle with a modern secularist view of freedom championed as progressive education has to move beyond instruction and skills to education and character ideals too as well as loyalties and thus to be a moral force for character building and nation forming so you as a parent when you grab hold of this and you begin building this language in your family and you recognize, we could even say, you're building the culture of heaven in your family. And so you're not going to let just anybody come into your house and completely take that language, take that culture, and take it off another direction. It's part of even the protection of our children. And so if we recognize, no, wait a minute, they're hearing things that are completely moving them off that place of stewardship that we have as parents. And so we're going to say no to it. It doesn't mean that you don't welcome people into your home, but in welcoming and being hospitable to them, you're inviting them into your culture and to be part of your culture. Now, they can be people from a totally different culture, but you're not going to let them come in your place that you're responsible for and completely take over that culture. Now, if you can hear what we're saying today in terms of even we're talking about new tongues or new language, we talk about immigration. There are people that are flooding into our country, not just our country, other nations, and nothing is being done to even educate them on who America really is, who Canada really is, who Peru really is. If they're just opening the doors and inviting them in without any kind of saying, this is who we are, this is where we stand, then we are absolutely missing the mark. So when we talk about this with civil education, we need to have these things in writing. We need to literally have it there to the point that then when they come in, then they agree to it. They, they sign and say, I'm coming into America, but this is the foundation of America. This is what America stands for. We agree, and we're not going to try to take it off into another place. Let's just be honest. And we're not anti-Muslim, but you understand a Muslim has no nationality except to their belief, which is totally contrary to our belief. So we can't just invite them in and say, you can just believe whatever you want to believe, because what that means is they have no sense of accountability, no sense to submit to any authority whatsoever. Now, we're just using them as an example, but it can go across the board. So this that Oz has brought out in his book is a powerful statement to us that live in this nation. We need to know what this nation stands for. We need to know the biblical values that it's built, built upon. We need to be able to speak the language of those things in a way that carries the heart of the Father in it 
and not be afraid to do it. And so begin to build something. Again, if you if it's done properly in what we're giving you today, it's not going to shut doors. It's going to open doors because people are going to be able to not only hear it, but be able to sense it and know that it's for their best. You know, what happens is we end up with a corruption of customs if we don't educate our people. You know, a few questions to ask. What is life? What is marriage? What is family? Does character matter in a leader? Is there such a thing as truth? And those are all questions that are going on right now. Whether anybody's asking them or not, People are responding out of those questions, what they think about life, what they think about marriage, what they think about gender identity, all of those things. We're living in it right in the middle of it. What we're saying is, God, give us a grace right now at this point in history. Give us a grace with new language that comes from your heart so that we can ask these questions, but we can also answer these questions in a way that's going to advance your kingdom, not put us in a place where we just tolerate everything, not push us in a corner where we're just apathetic or we're passive. No, these are things that give us the strength to move out in confidence, to move out into that place of being a godly offense. And so today we hope you've been able to hear these things that we've shared with you. If you like what we're teaching, you're going to love our upcoming City Transformation Through Prayer School. It starts October 4th. It's on Zoom. You can find out more about that at www.watchmenarise.com. And we would love to see you on Zoom. Thanks for listening.